Hey, this is Greg McAfee, and welcome to The Greg McAfee Show. Now let's get started. Hey, welcome back to The Greg McAfee Show, where we discuss steps to successful entrepreneurship, how to take your business to new heights, and ultimately follow your dreams. Today, we're in part two of team building for your organization. In other words, how to be more successful building a stronger team. It's very important and it gets neglected today all the time. So again, today being part two, I want to welcome back my son, Travis McAfee, uh, who's going to be helping me discuss the team building skills. Hey, welcome back, Travis. Hey, thank you. Good to be back. It's good to have you here. Uh, Part one just went live today, and uh, we're going to be working on part two of team building. And uh, like we mentioned in part one, we need to have, uh, we'd like to have more people um, leave some comments and questions. Yeah, Um, comments will be great. That way we can kind of build part three uh, based on these two episodes, what people are thinking, and, you know, hopefully uh, help them out in their organizations a little bit more specifically. So Sure. I did have uh, I did have someone uh, contact me with a few questions, and one is, um, how big of a team is a good number uh, to work with? Um, and and I always say keep it small. Um, you know, Jesus had twelve. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the perfect number. One of them didn't work out too well. Fired himself. Sure, um, but. He started with 12, and he could have picked 20. He could have picked five, but he started with 12. So um, we definitely realize today, you know, after 33 years, that teams have to be very cohesive, and um, they have to work well together. And, you know, when you think about, uh, especially right now with uh, the – uh, college basketball playoffs going on. Mm-hmm. You know, there's five on a team out there. Um, there might be 11 total on the whole team. Sure. And uh, so they have to be cohesive. They have to work together. Uh, when, a, when a sports team wins a championship, the team and the coaches um, often cite that playing together and being cohesive was the key to success. So how do you think we tie that in today in the business world of a small business, we're talking to uh, business owners and business managers today running running a team of three um, to 300. Sure. So uh, how do you think keeping it small uh, ties in with what we do today? Yeah, so I'll start with the, the 300, uh, 300 number. Um, it really doesn't matter you know, how big your organization is. I think everybody who would be listening to this has a desire to grow their company. Uh, I think what, what we're learning what we've read about over the years um, and what we've observed. Uh, You know, you were part of the Marine Corps. I did a short stint um, with the Army, um, ROTC. Um, And, you know, they always they always try to. Yes, you know, you have a you have a a platoon, um, but within that platoon, you have squads and you have squad leaders. So, you know, right here at McAfee, we have about a six to one ratio. So each uh, each leader um, is they have about six people that they're responsible for. And, uh, that, 
that number tends to work pretty well for us. And uh, so I think the, the, the bigger you get, you have to figure out, you know, as you grow, um, you obviously, well, if you've grown that big, you probably can't afford to keep that ratio. But, you know, maybe it doesn't need to be six. Maybe for you, it could be 10 to one. But you got to figure out for your company, for your culture, what type of ratio, um, you know, quote unquote, Joe's to um, leaders, uh, you know, what, what does that ratio need to be for your company? And right now we're sitting at about six to one and it's working pretty well. <clears throat> okay. And I guess what, uh, what can we share with the uh, viewers slash listeners of, um, you know, how to build, how to build a stronger, smaller team, if that is six to one of, um, you know, getting to know each other, um, especially like um, if you're in the heating and air conditioning world today, we have uh, we have a team of installers. So you basically have a crew uh, per truck, two, ga- two men per truck, two guys, two gals, whatever your team does. But um, so you've got two per truck. You've got uh, then you've got your uh, if, if you do air duct cleaning or if you do um, uh, in in the different trades, electrical you might you might have you might have more than two, but it's pretty rare. Um, then you got your service your service technicians and your maintenance technicians. You've got most of the time, unless you're training someone, you've got one per truck. Mm-hmm. So you've got a solo, uh, and a lot of times they're extremely independent. Um, you know, so we've been discussing this more of how to how to build a stronger team in our service department because they are so independent. Sure. Yeah. So I think, I think one thing you have to consider um, with, with those independent type of departments, like a service team where, you know, one guy per truck um, and, you know, they're running multiple calls per day. um, You know, we, we live in the best time um, to be able to do that. They, they still feel as though they're independent and yet we're able to be connected to them in ways that, you know, 20 years ago wasn't possible. Um, you know, we're, you know, through certain softwares that we use, we're actually able to see what they're doing in real time. And they can give our um, one of our supervisors, one of our two service uh, team members who, who are responsible for our service department. They can give either one of them a call or even myself if, if necessary. Um, and, and we can actually go over and see in real time what they're doing, what they're experiencing and troubleshoot with them on the phone and keep them going, keep them motivated. Um, and then, you know, just having as something as simple as having a group chat. Um, is it the best way to communicate important things? No, because let's be honest, the, you know, scrolling through a group chat, hearing the constant dings, you know, some people have it on mute because maybe they're in a conversation with a customer, you know. But for the most part, even just having something as simple as a group chat is, is a good way uh, to keep the guys as a part of a team. Um, you know, I hate to uh, I hate to, uh, I guess what's the word, um, condone the meme culture, but nonetheless, and, and there's a lot of really good HVAC memes out there and uh, the service guys have a lot of fun with that. And, you know, it just, it, 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 it gives you kind of that personal touch, like, oh, that I've been there. I've seen that. I've done that. I've been that guy before, you know? And so it creates this ability for the guys to connect, even though it's very rare they're they're actually in the same room together. So, you know, for those type of departments, cohesion, does look a little different, um, but it's certainly possible with today's technology, and um, it can be fun. And then when you do get together, you know you have more reference points um, to kind of pick up uh, quicker and, and get the ball rolling. So you know there's there's definitely ways. 
Uh, there is, because as much as we want um, self-sufficiency um, within our company, um, we have to have team efficiency. Mm. We have to have strong teams. We have to have strong people. So we try to hire. Hiring's a key, and we're going to talk about a little bit more about that here coming up. Um, you know how to inter- interview for the right chemistry and the right stickability. Uh, but if if we're if we're talking about self sufficiency, and we um, are also talking about uh, the team. Um, I think a lot of companies have a challenge in um, how often to bring the team together. Um, so, I mean, do you want to talk a little bit about how we do it at McAfee as far as bringing each team together and, and then what's being discussed? Yeah, so I can, I can speak to what we've done since I've been here, and it's, it's been a couple different things. Um, you know, just experimenting with the, the once-a-month meeting, um, you know, maybe – once a month, hour and a half meeting. Um, and then we obviously have our quarterly meetings where we do the breakout sessions. But that aside, um, you know, just the monthly meetings, we, we were doing kind of like an hour and a half type of thing. And then we kind of shuffled into, um, you know, alternating days to make sure the on-call guys aren't having to come in real early. You know, so we've, we've experimented. Uh, right now we're doing uh, twice a month, um, you know, sometime. But we've also, again, technology uh, that is that has come down the pike. We, we're we're able to do some meetings virtual. So it really depends on the content, um, but that is an option for us now as well to do a, a virtual meeting um, for for short, quick to the point things. Um, and then we also have you know some things that just have to be done in person. And so you know really I think uh, we're trying to find that happy medium um, and be consistent with it. Um, so I look forward to talking about that further in the future. But uh, for the service department specifically, um, you know, we're, we're still kind of experimenting with some things there. But for our install and air duct cleaning department, it's really easy to meet on a regular basis because they're here. They're here in-house. They start at the shop every day. And so I can speak a little more to that. Um, we do we meet every day with the install team in, stump, in some capacity. Um, even if it's just for five minutes going over some pictures of the job, stuff like that. We meet, we communicate regularly, um, and it, it's, that's, that's served well. That served and, us and, well. And we do that, and that also includes the comfort advisor who is our salesperson, um, and they meet with uh, their crew, whoever's installing their system <clears throat> or systems. Uh, they meet with them um, every morning or every night and review the, the entire job because – I've often said, I mean, I always said from day one, informed people make better decisions. When I sold all my jobs, I met with our team every single morning and we reviewed the job. And sometimes I even drove out to the job with them and showed them exactly how I wanted it done Mm -hmm. and how I went over it with the customer. So information and um, communication is very important. Yeah. Communication, especially because, um, you know, for example, um, you know, an installer could get to the job and actually see a more efficient way to do something than what uh, they talked about with the salesperson. But what they may not realize is that the salesperson had a particular conversation with a customer and the customer wants it that way for a reason. Yeah. Therefore, it needs to happen. So before 
you know, an installer accidentally makes the sales guy look stupid. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. having those conversations up front really just makes everyone's day go a lot smoother. So it's the little things. And the more you meet, the more consistent, the more, the better relationships you build, the better those meetings are going to go and the more is going to be retained. And uh, it's just, it's just going to make your operation a lot smoother in the long run. Yeah. Uh, and, and many reasons why you want to why you want to meet and go over things is because a customer can uh, the installers can get there and, and, and without any communication, the customer can say, I want the unit moved 20 feet down of the house. And uh, that was not agreed upon. That was not priced that way. Um, and so it's very important that we know how the uh, salesperson, the comfort advisor, sold the job. Yeah. So there's more reasons than just making the comfort advisor look stupid. Mm-hmm. It's for the benefit of the, of the installer. Sure, yeah. So it doesn't create more work. And then for the installer's sake, they need to communicate and find out exactly how it's done so they don't have to redo it. Yeah, that's a good Because they could, they could either leave it where it was or move it and then have to remove move it back. Right. Uh, um, so anyway, that's just uh, when you when you have smaller teams and you communicate um, often, uh, it just keeps everybody on the same page and inform people make better decisions. And we just like to make better decisions. So with that, uh, you know, we also like to have um, shared values, and that's what communicating and meeting often. Um, should give you because having shared values, uh, it seems like a fundamental concept, but you'd be surprised how often the core team is not on the same page. Yeah, that's true. And that's that's why um, a lot of times everyone's different. Everybody was raised differently. Everybody has a different work ethic. You can be one person can be extremely. They can two people can be extremely hardworking, but hardworking in a different way. One, one could be, um, you know, they could go, they could work all night. Uh, the other one can only work early in the morning. The other one can suck in the morning and not want to talk. So it's the work ethic and then how the work's done. Um, one might be extremely meticulous, and that's why you have to have them be the detail guy. The last 10 to, excuse me, the last 10 to 20 minutes of a job goes to the detail guy. Mm-hmm. He needs to detail it. Um I often refer to Scott, who was my first employee, who was the most detailed person. And um, once we got all the work done, I mean, Scott was there for the last hour or two just detailing the whole thing Mm -hmm. and making it look good Um, before we we put our name on it. I put my name on it, and then Scott would sign the sticker. So, um, you know, that that all matters. And um, it's kind of like, you know, Tiffany, my daughter, your sister, got a scholarship in rowing, you all got to be rowing the same direction, number one, but there's more techniques to rowing than what we know. And if you've never tried, if you've never got on a rowing machine, you'll find out really fast how, why technique's important. Mm -hmm. Because I lasted about two minutes. Yeah, you'll wear yourself out. (laughs) Fast. Um, So the team's got to be rowing in the same direction. And team building has benefits for business it also has benefits to improve productivity and it improves uh, employee motivation when you have um, shared values. So what do we do? What do we do at McAfee to help share uh, values so that everyone's on the same page as far as the quality of the work and um, the time of the job? Well, there's checks and balances. Um, we do we set goals. 
for each other um, every day. Um, myself, our install supervisor, the comfort advisor, we, we come up with a goal um, for the installer. Um, and uh, I'd like to get to a point where the installers are making their own reasonable goals. But for now, um, we're kind of working with them saying, hey, like this is what this is what you're up against. And this is this is what we think is a reasonable time to get it done in. Uh, and that that lines up with how we bid the job. And so the expectation is that you do that. And then if there's anything that pops up that's going to deviate from that, the expectation is that they communicate. And um, if it's you know, if it's necessary, then our install supervisor will come out there, give them the support that they need. And that, you know, it goes back to that cohesion thing. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, it's trust. They know that we're not going to give them an unreasonable goal. And then if something does come up that's unexpected, which it does, we've got their back. That, that trust is, is really inherent to waking the guys up every day and coming back. And, um, you know, we have, we have a really solid team right now, and there, there is a lot of trust. And that's uh, something else we talk about is trust and the respect among each other. Um, you have to trust your team members. You have to trust, you know, first of all, you have to trust your leadership. Leadership has to trust their team. And um, you also have to uh, respect each other. Um, in order to be a strong team and build strong teams, everyone has to be respect. You're not going to, uh, we talk about basketball, but you're not going to have five guys on a team and, um you know, uh, them arguing as they're running down the court. They're playing as a team. Um, they might not hang out together after the game um, or in their uh, in their life, but they're, when they're on that court, they're all they're all together. Mm-hmm. It's collaborate, collaboration, and um, collaborate and with each other and and play as a team. So you know, we interview uh, for trust. Yeah, that's. That's a hard thing to look for sometimes, um, but it's it's really crucial. Um, there you can you can usually you can usually tell when you can't trust someone in an interview uh, pretty quick. But you know, it's just interviewing is such an intricate process, um, and it should be treated as such. Um, you know, I know I know for us, you know, when when we're when we're looking when we're looking for that person, how, how would you say that we kind of. I don't know. You've done this longer than me. How would you say we try to identify trust from the get-go? Well, we ask uh, specific questions. In other words, tell me about a time when mm. this happened and how did you handle it? And, um, you know, we um, there. Uh, I think you just told me the other day you interviewed someone and they said they had a lot of experience. But when we started questioning them, they didn't quite have the experience they thought they did. Right. Um, and as a matter of fact, they didn't really know as much as um, someone right out of trade school. You know, it was a real shame, too, because, you know, had that person been honest with their actual ability, probably would have taken them in. But they had identified themselves as somebody that, you know, had five to ten years worth of experience. And then, they, you know, I've had kids come out of high school from, you know, the career center that know more and are more prepared. And so it's just a real shame. So that, that straightforwardness of, you know, I guess someone's ability to assess themselves is really important to me. I don't know about you. Yes. And uh, with that, when I ask, what are your strengths and weaknesses? Um, I get, I get right away. I can, I can pick up right away uh, if this person is trustworthy because uh, a trustworthy person will list their strengths and then they will they will be glad 
to list their weaknesses. They're not afraid of their weaknesses. They're very transparent. Uh, transparent uh, parency means, um, uh, you know, when we're at, when we're trained, let's pretend we're interviewing someone with, um, you know, two, two years experience in service. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I asked the question, what are your strengths in service department? And they say, well, I'm really good at this. I'm really good at this. I'm really good at this. Um, what are your weaknesses? Well, I, I really, I really need help with heat pumps, troubleshooting heat pumps or, um, replacing TXVs. It, it throws me off. I, I really need more work on that. I'll take those guys all day long. Yeah. Um, but when you say, what are your weaknesses? And they go, I really can't think of anything. You know? <laughs> um, I don't want to hire those guys. <laughs> right. Because if you don't have, if you can't come up with two or three weaknesses, I don't want to hire you. Yeah. Because you're, you're I don't, I don't, there, nobody walks on water and they're not, they're not going to be honest when they're here. You've got to be honest with yourself and know your weaknesses. You need to know your strengths, your weaknesses, your opportunities, and your threats. And, um, you know, a threat for an individual could be, um, I don't, you know, I don't admit when I'm wrong, you know, so that's a threat and it's going to, it's going to affect us as a team. So we've got to hire the right people and we've got to interview for trust and respect, uh, because we must trust our teammates. Um, if, if they're, if, uh, if a service tech's following up on a service call, um, they've got to, they've got to truly trust the person that was there before them. Mm-hmm. Um, they, it, if it says that they, they did this, this, and this, and checked this, then they got to know they did, because mm-hmm. if they didn't do it, then it has to be done again. And, you know, it could really throw, throw people off. So it's kind of like a, a new guy, like you say, we can see, we can actually see people, uh, as we train them, troubleshoot a system. Um, when they call us and they have a problem, we want first thing we want to know is what have you done so far? Yeah. Uh, don't lie to us because it'll throw off the whole troubleshoot system um, sequence of troubleshooting. Yeah. Did you check <clears throat> this first? Did you go to this second? Did you do this third? Yeah. Well, the only reason somebody wouldn't be transparent um, in that situation because this does happen from time to time, you know, they'll say, well, what have you done so far? If you don't have enough to say, then it's like, okay, great. Well, why don't you uh, go ahead and do what you know you're supposed to do and call me back? Yeah. <laughs> you know, people, you people want to avoid that, you know? And so, you know, being, being, it, it comes down to integrity, which is, it's a big tenant here at, at McAfee, you know, and integrity is, you know, we have your back, um, <clears throat> you know, and we're willing to do our part at any time of the day or night, um, you got to be willing to do yours. And, and so that, that's also a trustworthy thing. You know, if I'm picking up the phone, you know, honestly there, and you know, for the most part, I would say we're pretty, we're pretty close, but there's a couple guys when they call me, um, I know that they really need help, you know, and it's like, man, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready now. What do you got? And so because they do their due diligence, um, before it has to get to me, you know? And so I can, I, I appreciate that. And so we're, we're trying to get the rest of our team there, but I would say overall, yeah, there's there's a there's a, a really good element of trust on the team. I would say the hard part. I would say the hard part is um, getting because we have so much trust with each other. Um, I would say I would say something that, and I'd like to hear your thoughts on this. How do you get the cohesive group to accept new people faster and trust them? 
Yeah. Um, well, what I've always said is if you want this team to grow and you want to be on call less, and I, and, and I don't want to get stuck on talking just about service technicians because our whole company, we've got a whole company. For the most part, yeah. when, when you when you do get a tight-knit group, maybe you have that group that they do hang out outside of work, you know, um, you know, and it's like a rite of passage, you know, like how do you how do you get those guys to say, well, that's all well and good, but we need to we need to we need to bring this guy into the fold a little quicker. How do yeah, you how do you facilitate that? Yeah, it's and sometimes it's difficult because uh, they get in the uh, comfort zone, uh, being uh, self driven and by themselves, and now they've got to train someone else and they've got to get them up to par. Um, but they have to make it a mission. The mission is to grow the team, hmm. and in order to grow the team. We, you're going to have to spend some time with this person, and you're going to basically have to duplicate yourself with this person. And if you duplicate yourself, it's going to make your job a lot easier. You're going to be on call less, less, and you're going you're going to uh, have a much stronger team, um, and you're not going to have to worry about them as much when they're out on their own. Um, and it just takes dedication to building a team. Everybody has to be on board, and everybody has to fit, everybody has to understand why. We're building a team and why you have to get this person, um, like we said, accelerated uh, in training much faster than most companies. Mm-hmm. And it's got to happen. Yeah. So it goes beyond just, it, you know, it goes beyond just the job, just the day to day and thinking about the team, thinking about the company. Like so. It, but that requires employees genuinely feeling as though they are a part of this. They're a part yeah. of this company and it's their responsibility to grow it, too. And that's a mindset in and of itself. So, yeah, it is. And it, but if you look at leadership has to be trusted, we do what we say we're going to do when we say we're going to do it. And if we mess up, we let people know we have to be transparent. Sales team has to say they have to be trusted what they say to the customer. If they tell the customer something wrong, um, they need to fess up to it and admit it and move on. Um, we can't we can't have cover ups. You know, can't, uh, the CSRs tell the customer certain things. Um, you know, today everything's recorded. Yeah. I mean, you just go back and listen. That's nice. Um, you know, 20 years ago, that wasn't the case. We had to trust our team to say the right thing because uh, did you say that? Yes or no? I didn't say that. Um, so, and, you know, and then you've got in every department, accounting, my goodness, you've got to trust accounting. It has to be trusted. Um there, there was just a company I heard of the other day where this per- person had been there 16 years and she was pocketing thousands of dollars a year, mm-hmm. forty dollars to $50,000 a year extra. Wow. Um, and it took the company a long time because they, um, they didn't have the proper uh, CPA to do audits and all that kind of stuff. And it took them a long time to figure it out. So uh, you, every every department has to be trusted, and we hire if we hire for trust, it does make it a lot easier. I think so many people, so many companies are worried about getting a person in a truck seat and getting them out running calls for not not just taking care of people, but making more money. The more people I have in a truck, the more money that comes in this company. I'm more concerned about building for trust and taking care of people first, and then everything else comes. And, um, you know, also, as far as the trust goes, having having um, uh, the transparency and, and how we do it um, and how we do it even quicker. And we're, we're a different kind of company 
when it comes to um, sense of urgency and speed, which I've talked about many times on this podcast of being faster. You know, it used to be the big eat to slow. Now it's the fast eat the, or it used to be the big eat the, uh, big eat the small, and now it's the fast eat to slow. So it's, um, you know, you've got to be able to do things just as well faster. Um, some people will argue that, well, I can't do it fast and still be accurate. Yes, you can. You just need to learn and practice and it will get faster and faster and you'll be just as accurate as you were, as slow as you were. Um, make sense? Mm-hmm. So, um, and also if you do hire someone and they, and you hire wrong, you thought you did. You thought you crossed all the the boxes off, and 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 you get them in here, and they're just not the person that you hired, and they're just not going to fit in well. And and two or three or four or five or ten people have told you they're not going to make it. Yeah. Don't prolong the problem. I'll tell you. I mean, I told I talked about in the last podcast how you know I just feel like I've had an immense amount of uh, freedom to experiment in this position, and that's that's been great. And uh, you know, with freedom. Um, you know, with freedom comes uh, really big wins and really big losses, you know, and you just got to eat both of them, you know. And so one of the big losses that I think I had was just, you know, doing just that, you know, not seeing the signs because, you know, for one reason or another, you know, maybe I had a bias and I was like, no, 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 no they're going to be great. Just wait till they get this breakthrough or, um, you know, I was like, well, we got a lot of calls to run, so they're, they're running them. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, for one reason or another, I made the mistake of not seeing the signs, even when people were like putting them right in front of my face. And, um, you know, with that you learn, but you know, it, it's not something I'm going to do again. You know, it is, it is not, even though it solves the problem of, yeah, we're able to hit more customers, we're able to run more calls. Cool. Um, but you have lingering effects within your team by hanging on to someone who doesn't fit that mold, who doesn't fit that culture. Um, it's just not healthy. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I mean, I hate to call any human being a virus, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's like a virus in the body. It's, you, you just gotta, you gotta, you gotta snuff it out as soon as possible. It's, it's for the betterment of the rest of the parts. Right. So, well, we're all guilty. We're all guilty of what you said of keeping people too long because we're worried about what will we do without them? Well, what if they quit tomorrow? What will you do without them then? Figure it out. Yeah. And well, who was the comedian that, here's your sign. That was, that was Brad Stein. Yeah. Back in the here's early, your sign. early 2000s. Um, but um, it's... Uh, was it Brad Stein? <laughs> I don't know. I think, I think it was. Uh, he did use that. But, you know, uh, if, you've got, if, if you've got an employee that you, you hired wrong, um, and you can see it's a, there's a sign right there. It's a big sign that says, I'm not working out. You know, here's your sign. Uh, fire. Uh, fire fast, hire slow. It's going to bother me now. <clears throat> yeah, we'll figure it out. <laughs> okay, so um, I think uh, we've talked about this going part three. Absolutely. Um, and there's a lot of meat on this bone um, going part three. Um, especially about remaining more flexible and why the important we've talked about in part one, we mentioned culture a little bit, but why is it so important to train people for culture? We're going to talk about that in part three. Yeah. And um, um, we're going to look for 
uh, how to look for evidence of learnability, I call it, how to look for that evidence. Um, and I'll tell you what a lot of companies don't do, and we've been guilty, is not um, calling references mm. and, and previous employers and asking them if they, if they could hire them again, would they? Now, a lot, a lot of people won't give you that information, but it's legal to ask. If you had the opportunity to hire them again, would you? And if the answer is no, there's your sign. Okay. <laughs> yeah. um, now, that doesn't, it's not 100%, but it's probably 90. Okay. If somebody, if we get rid of someone here, um, if we get rid of them, mm-hmm. now we have hired people back who have left us. And, 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 and found out the grass wasn't as green, and they have come back to us. But typically when we fire someone, we'd never take them back. Yeah, I can't think of any off the top of my head. Mm-mm. But So with that, um, anything else you want to add of, in this part two about building a, a team more successfully in your organization? Yeah, um, you know, just to reiterate, some of the things we talked about already in part one and then part two, you know, we talked a little bit about just kind of how um, we've restructured and why that's been beneficial for us, Um, you know, establishing leadership, differentiating our leadership structure. Um, And then we talked about today, you know, once you've figured out that structure, once you've established those leaders, empowered them, then what do you do with your team? How do you, how do you, how do you not just maintain the culture, but actually fortify it? Um, at least hopefully that's what I think we've talked about today. That was the goal. And uh, so, you know, when you when you listen to this, uh, I just want to I just want to challenge uh, anyone to go ahead and get down there in the comments. Uh, first off, like it, um, subscribe, but uh, also, you know, get in the comments. Tell us, you know, what what stuck out, what helped um, and what would you like to know more about? And then that can kind of fuel the fire for uh, for round three. And uh, we'll have some fun with it. Sounds good. OK, thanks, Travis, for coming on. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Mm hmm. Well, before we wrap up today, I want to thank Travis again for being on here and talking about building stronger teams. But if you're watching on YouTube, uh, don't forget to like and subscribe below. Uh, You can also support this podcast by uh, rating and reviewing on iTunes or your preferred listening platform. Keep listening because we're going to continue to challenge you in the team building uh, skills. And uh, we're going to talk more about that next week in part three. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram or Facebook at The Greg McAfee Show. No spaces, no underscores. Uh, Be sure to tune in next week. And as always, thanks for listening. Carry on and have a great day.